So welcome to Deconstructing Health and Fitness with Chris Wilkins and Elizabeth Hefner. We're going to take a look at a lot of things going on in health and fitness today, and we're going to decide whether or not they're actually useful, whether they apply to you, or whether they're really taking you in the wrong direction. So over a decade of coaching, clients led me to believe that the only way for people to experience lasting change is for them to understand their habits and systems they have currently in place and move from there. I apply a scientific approach to that. We change a thing. We look at how it works. We decide if it's working or not, and then we change something else and we repeat. You can't just coach one aspect of health and fitness. You have to coach them all at once. Record to cloud. Hey, Liz. Hi, Chris. Welcome back to Deconstructing Health and Fitness with Chris and Liz. And today we eat cake. <laughs> As we literally... I just love anyone who's tuning in for the first time. It's like, welcome to nutrition and fitness where we're going to help you. And today we're going to eat an entire cake. Well, we'll see. Well, and so I think it's worth spending a couple of minutes now setting this up for anybody yes. who hear the previous one or anybody who did hear it, but really it's just like, holy cow, are they really going to just sit down and like pound <laughs> through some cake? And what? I think is really important to understand here is the process we're attempting to undergo is to take the power away from these foods that we've deemed really dangerous or bad or morally negative or have some kind of control over our other eating habits, right? And so one of the techniques that Liz and I have discussed a number of times to dealing with this is to like take the scarcity out of it right? Because one of the reasons we crave these foods is once we start telling ourselves we can't have them, it becomes scarce. And now we have to have them, right? It's it's like- Or when we have them, it's like, you better make the fucking most of this, which is right. how I always feel. And then you end up either overindulging, or even if you have just a small piece, you can still end up with all of this guilt and shame, which will kick your pendulum out of whack and create more guilt and shame spirals that will potentially lead to more binges, etc. And so the goal here today is not to just sit down and, you know, sinfully eat cake for all of those fitness people who are listening in horror currently. Um, it's to really deal with some of the underlying aspects of your relationship with food that are, are not helping. Right. So <laughs> we've talked a ton of times about uh, how we use displacement as a strategy in our nutrition practice. Right. We, we talk about adding positive foods in, which then displace the other ones. And so a key component of that going into this experiment that we're doing is 80 percent full and eating slowly. Right. So we can set some guidelines around our cake eating. We can have Anything we want, we could start with, for example, if anything we want, as long as we eat slowly and stop at 80% full. And that works unless you have this repetitive shame spiral around a specific food, which is why we're doing this exercise. Okay. Now, the other thing I want to say about this before we get started is that this is not a one and done kind of event. This is not an experiment that it's like, oh, wow, I feel super empowered now. I ate that cake and everything is super solved. That is literally- And now I never want cake again. That's not going to happen. And so the process today I want to really capture is I want Liz and I both to discuss how we're feeling about the cake at all times. And one of the things I also was thinking about as I was getting ready to like uh, sign on today is that a lot of binge eating or eating foods that we feel shame around happens alone. 
And so there are some extra components here because we're doing this together that may affect your individual outcomes if you decide to try this for yourself at home. Um, or you may try to, Liz, you may try to do this again on your own and you may find different results because when we're eating alone, there's a really fundamental dynamic shift. That is so interesting You say that you say that. I'll let you finish your thought and then I want to touch on that. That was pretty much it, so go. Oh, okay. So... <clears throat> Ever since we decided to do this, I've had like a mixture of like anxiety mixed with so much excitement, um, which then follows with shame. Like, wow, you're really pathetic. You're really fucking excited about eating cake. Wow, what a loser. Uh, it feels equivalent. The only thing I can compare it to that I recall, it feels like getting onto a roller coaster where I'm like, I'm so fucking scared. Why am I doing this? This is not a good idea. But then like, I cannot wait to do this. Yeah. And this is a great example of when we talk about, you know, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Most of the time when we're super uncomfortable, come blah, 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 blah. let's try again. <laughs> I'm not putting that out, Chris. It's staying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened with all my syllables, but they were, they became one. So when we're really uncomfortable, right? That's often a place where we have an opportunity to grow. And as long as we're not doing something that's physically unsafe, right? Or damaging another person, that discomfort can be really useful. And so I really want to talk a lot about the different kinds of discomfort that you feel as we go through this, because this is going to be like a thousand different types on the roller coaster yeah. that you're currently riding. And then the other thing I really want to do is I want to talk about what I'm feeling at the time too, because just because I'm the one in the coach seat over here. It doesn't mean I'm not having my own feelings about this, you know, and that I'm not dealing with my own past behaviors popping up yeah. or fears or whatever. And I want that to be really clear. This exercise does not magically make any thought patterns that you have go away. It does not. That's not the yeah. goal here. Okay. This is not a magic bullet. <clears throat> so that all said, you've already talked a little bit about, um, how you were feeling leading up to this. And it was yeah. like, Oh, I'm excited. Why am I excited? That's lame. Now oh, I and I also, Oh my God. Yeah. And then you're all over. Right. Yeah. I also meant to say, um, <laughs> you were talking about like, uh, what were you saying? Something about, um, being like alone and this binge eating and yeah. alone or something. Um, I meant to say when I was feeling all excited, I got so distracted by my excitement when I was feeling all excited, <laughs> I just for a second, I was like, it's such a bummer that I have to do this in front of Chris because how am I supposed, I can't really enjoy myself because I feel like I'm going to have so much trouble letting myself go. And actually like it, it, it just feels like, I just wish I could just, um, be alone, like, and do this. <laughs> and that's actually, a, I'm really glad you said that because I think a lot of people would feel that way. And that's part of why it's uncomfortable is because it's so vulnerable. This yeah. is a part of your eating behavior that in the past you have very, very like religiously tried to hide. And we all have, I'm not saying that as like, that's a you thing. I'm saying that as a, when we're struggling with our relationship with food and when we find foods that have this much power over us, this is why, right? It's because we fear something. We fear other people's judgment. We fear our own judgment. We fear, you know, any kind of consequence you can come up with. And bringing yeah. that into the light is scary and it's hard. And I think you're really brave for doing this with me today because I didn't do it with anybody else. I did it alone. <laughs> oh, really? It was scary enough. Yeah, it was scary enough because... I... 
I went through all of these emotions, you know, mm-hmm. on my own doing this. And I really wish in hindsight, I had realized that I was dealing with two different eating disorders that I didn't really understand at the time. And so I just want to touch on a couple of those. If you're, if you're experiencing any of these symptoms, anybody who's listening or any of these behaviors around food, it's not that like you're broken or something's really wrong with you, but it's also, you know, if you need some help with this, that's okay get it. Yeah. There's lots of places you can go to get it. You know, there's plenty of people out there, support groups and professionals who are specialized in eating disorder recovery. Um, and one of the ones that really tends to rear its ugly head in fitness is orthorexia. And if you've never heard of orthorexia, I almost just name dropped a very (laughs) famous celebrity who who is just like the queen of orthorexia, um, but she's so admired, but I probably shouldn't say her name because it's probably not fair to diagnose her, but I'm pretty, I feel pretty certain. I I think you're going to start to see emerging patterns when I start to describe what this is. Um, And it's, it's interesting because it hides in plain sight orthorexia in the sense that it's actually held up very often as healthy. And orthorexia is the demonization of specific foods or the elimination of specific foods or food groups based on their health value. So if I am a fitness person and I am all over the internet saying, you know, carbs are bad for you and you should never eat carbs. And if you eat carbs, you fundamentally can't be healthy. Then that's a pretty large red flag that there's some unhealthy eating relationship happening there. What if someone... What if someone's all over the internet and they're all like, when I want a dessert, I like to have a bowl of figs because they're very high in fiber. And I feel so, and maybe I'll have one teaspoon of honey on the figs. And it's just so satisfying because I'm really taking care of my body. Right. And see, this is why this hides in plain sight and it can be so dangerous is if genuinely that's why you're having a bowl of figs then fantastic. Good for you. And maybe we all make that choice sometimes, but if you're holding that up as morally like imperative or better than other people's decisions, and you're using it as a way to manipulate your body weight, then we're in dangerous waters, right? And that was my favorite one, just for the record. Like I say all of that, having been an absolute orthorexia queen, man. Oh boy, you want to demonize a food? I'm your girl. (laughs) I can do it better than anybody out there. I I would say like, let's have an orthorexia off. I got you. Okay. And my other one that I've battled with forever was binge eating disorder. And so, you know, there used to just be, we all kind of know the the two classics of anorexia and bulimia from all the after-school specials we had to watch growing up, but like there's a whole spectrum of non-normal eating behaviors that can lead to larger problems and oftentimes weight gain. Right. And so one of the biggest movements you'll find out there that really goes against this is intuitive eating. And we're going to be implementing some of the intuitive eating sort of principles in this experiment that we're doing. Okay. How can you, speaking of intuitive eating, it just, it seems like with um, highly palatable foods, (laughs) it seems like intuitive eating goes like down the fucking drain where you're like, oh, I'm just going to eat enough chips till I feel satisfied. It's like, that's not going to happen. Well, it's not going to happen as long as you have this imbalance with your relationship with food. But I can say on the other side of these things that I actually can eat an amount of chips that is a decent, you know, or a like package portion and feel satisfied by that. That's a thing I could not have imagined 15 years ago, 
ever. I thought that was the most ridiculous line of bullshit I had ever heard because who the fuck can do that? Well, actually, if you've got a pretty balanced relationship with food, that is possible. It doesn't mean it happens every time. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying every time I sit down with some chips, I'm like, I had 15 and I feel fantastic and I'm done. Sometimes I eat half a bag and I'm like, oh shit, oops. And then I put them away. But what doesn't happen after that is what's important. <clears throat> what doesn't happen after the bag of chips is the shame and the hate spiral that I would use, that I used to go down. And you would say that was like, that's the fucking driving force to keep the behavior going. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's how that repeats. Right. So let's see. What was the other, there was one other thing I wanted to point out. Oh, okay. So there's orthorexia. We talked a little bit about binge eating, which were my two personal best friends um, through most of my early fitness career. And then the other your, one, your frenemies, yeah, is exercise bulimia, which was oh, a man. great companion to um, most of my orthorexia. Because if I ever did sin and do the thing I wasn't supposed to do, not only would I not tell anybody about it, but I would make sure that I accounted for the calories that I consumed by overexercising. Yeah, we can thank all of that for the two surgeries I got to go through last year because they were both overuse injuries. Okay. So I'm not sitting here as somebody who always gets it right or is perfect and thinks like, you know, my solution is the only solution. I'm here as somebody who like, this is something I've experienced. This is something I've found a way to cope with. And maybe some of that can help you not like, this is the only way to do it. Okay. Yeah. But we know that getting these deep feelings out into the light and making them in the light tends to make them a little bit smaller right? So yeah. That's step and one. Step one. Step two. Is there is another? Mistake. Yeah. One last thing I do want to talk before we, because I feel like I'll be so distracted. <laughs> I want to talk about my experience buying the cakes. And okay, so yeah, I, got, I got two, I got like one mini cake, like small cake. And then I got one like six inch cake, which is still six inch round, which is so small, but <laughs> Like not for a per, not for one person. <laughs> um, and why did we do, we decided to do that? You were like, you can get two cakes, and I was like, okay. Oh, because we wanted to balance out this. Because for you personally, this is a personal Liz part. Is that you vacillate wildly between morally um, virtuous desserts like high end things with like lavender and sage in them, and they're from really nice bakeries and they're fancy, so those are okay. Versus like Costco sheet cake, which you know, is obviously not made of the highest quality ingredients and therefore terrible. And so the challenge was get one of each, get something from a really high end. That's right. And get something from like the bum basic, you know, hostess aisle where everything's (laughs) nuclear war proof and we could all survive in a bunker with Twinkies, right? So which is what I did. Did you hear all my bad shaming of Twinkies that I just did see that stuff pops Hostess. up still now yeah we're we're sponsored by Hostess just, <laughs> we are that would be weird by Hostess that would be weird um, um I still I shame about I've shamed my fiance about Hostess because he'll say something positive I'm like ew you know that's not even worth it and I'm like god I have some issues right and I mean I'm not going to sit here as a nutrition coach and tell you that a homemade cake with five ingredients is equivalent to a store-bought cake with 32. I'm not going to say that because that's just fundamentally not helping anybody, but it isn't a moral judgment if you choose to eat the cake from the supermarket versus the cake that you made yourself, right? That's where the line is. (laughs) Yeah. 
That's where the line is. And it's really important to understand that because none of the cake that we bought today would be like, if we were going to go into the land of orthorexia, the optimal cake option, because we wouldn't even <laughs> use white flour if we were going to do that, right? Because that's obviously no. the devil. You would um, use prunes <laughs> and flaxseed. Uh, dates, dates and almond flour. Come on. Liz. Why not? Why not prunes? I don't. I only like dates that are actually like just a date. I fucking hate it when people mash up a date and then they're yeah. all like, this is a, this is a health bar. And I put some nuts in it. It makes me want to throw up. I don't know they're, why. They're very sweet. I find it really they're hard. Too sweet. I can eat a date or two dates and then I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, I'm cool. Huh. Yeah. But a fucking bar with dates and then they put like fucking weird flavors like pumpkin spice or whatnot and I just oh, feel like yeah. I'm gonna throw I used to try I to force those. those and I'm like I hate this this is the worst so okay there's a lot of like gray area here is kind of what we're coming to as well right there's a lot of gray area this is not a black and white experiment this is not an experiment that's like store-bought cake is bad for you and homemade cake is good for you and if you just eat homemade cake all your dreams will come true that's just not the fucking point okay the point is like you should be able to make food decisions free from guilt and shame. But how will you make the right decisions if you don't have all the guilt and shame? This is like so sad that I still am having to ask this. No, it's not. <laughs> That's exactly why we're doing it though, right? Because again, you know, fundamentally we all know basically what's what's good for us, right? We look at commonalities between diets that have existed for hundreds of years. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still battling with these allergies. So I sound like oh. I've been smoking for like six weeks. <laughs> I unfortunately have not. Oh, unfortunately, you wish you were smoking. <laughs> well, at least I have an excuse, but whatever. So we, you know, we've all have these commonalities. We've got, you know, eat vegetables, eat good quality protein, make most of your food, like food that came out of the ground or was very recently alive. Like we know that these are the things that promote health. Okay. We also know that sleeping an adequate amount is what you need to do to promote health. And we need a certain amount of water to stay hydrated and to be functional electric machines. And we need a certain amount of relational satisfaction, right? Which means, you know, we need good relationships with other people. These, all of these things contribute to our deep health. And there are a couple others, but those are kind of the big rocks. We know that. But then actually acting on those consistently gets really hairy. And when we're dealing with too much guilt and shame around the choices that we're making, it makes it harder to make good choices. That's why it's important. Because everything is just muddled. Everything becomes muddled based off of your feelings of, you know, how much you failed or how much you suck or how much you shouldn't have eaten that <laughs> cake or how a better person, a fit person wouldn't have done that. Pick a narrative, right? You can create a story around this all you like. So that's the point. And so what we're looking for initially today, when we start to eat our cake, after we discuss buying the cake, um, is what are the first feelings that you have and how quickly are you vacillating between them? Okay. So let's go back to talking about um, the cake purchasing Thing. So you bought two small cakes in the end, two six inch cakes in the end. Well, one six inch and one three inch. I don't know. Okay. So <laughs> talk me through it, ask you a couple questions here, right? So you're standing in okay. front of the cake aisle. Where did you go? Okay. So, well, I went to two different stores. I went to Whole Foods. Okay. And I found the cake aisle and I was having so much anxiety walking to that cake aisle. Why? For the cake area. It's not even an aisle. Why? Uh, What was it about? Well, I was at Whole Foods, so I already feel like everyone there is orthorexic. And I feel like... (laughs) 
so much judgment. Um, but I feel like everyone there is like, where are my, where are my flax seeds and where do I get that? I just feel like I feel so much more anxiety and shame at something like a whole foods going to the cake aisle. Like, wow, wow. You must really be doing bad. And you're like, I just hear all these voices in my head. Like I just felt like, of course this girl's going, she's not skinny and fit like me. So of course this girl's going to the cake aisle at whole foods. That's fucked up. That's literally what I heard in my head. Okay. But that's actually really interesting. Let's take that first one out and look at it in the light because the reality is like that cake counters in the whole foods. (laughs) So like, you're not the only person going to it, right? That's clearly, that's, you can clearly see when you hold that out and you say it out loud that you're like, oh, wait a second, that one doesn't really hold water, right? That's not even true. That can't be true because why would there be a cake aisle in Whole Foods if that was the case? <laughs> yeah. Right? If, if healthy, thin, wonderful, perfect people never ate cake, then there wouldn't be a cake aisle in Whole Foods unless they're just an evil demonistic corporation who's out to get you and sabotage you. Well, no. (laughs) Well, see, but this is, so you can start to hear the verbiage that you're using around this stuff. And that's, that's a really important thing. Okay. So you get to the cake aisle. I feel like whoever avoids the cake aisle is the winner. That's how many problems I have going on in my head. I feel like if you don't even go to the cake aisle, then you've obviously won and you're better than everyone else. And wow, I got some problems. That's because for you, cake is bad. Cake is bad. Cake is not a source of celebration or enjoyment or anything. It's bad. I guess what really would have been from your goals. Yeah. And I guess what really, I feel, I feel like a lot of the shame, I'm sure it goes deeper than this, but a lot of the shame is it wouldn't be bad if I'm like, I just love myself and accept myself the way I am. And I really actually felt that way. And then going to the cake aisle, I feel like, God, fine, whatever. But the fact that I have been week after week, like I want to drop this amount of weight and look like this and this and that, and yet I'm still going to have cake. I feel like, wow, like all these horrible shaming things. There's a false equivalence that you have there, right? And we're going to take that one out and look at it again, which is people who are thin never eat cake. And in order to do the thing I want to do, I have to never eat cake. That's a false equivalence. There's no way that that's true. Sorry. It's so hard. <laughs> just beeping a lot. Um, that can't be true, right? And one of the ways to start debunking this for yourself is to look around and find examples of thin people eating cake. Start my, noticing it. But every time I do that, Chris, to be fucking brutally honest, I'm like, oh, they're just, and they're just bulimic and they just go throw it up. <laughs> honestly that's, that's what exactly. that's like what my brain I make an automatic judgment and I'm like I or or I'll just be all like you know oh they have like such crazy genes where they you know like my dad was always super thin and like he could just eat whatever he wants it feel it feels like right and all of these things put you at a disadvantage right all of those narratives say that Liz can't have cake. Yeah, because Everybody Liz, I mean, in order to- reason, but I in can't. Order to, in order to do, in order to be as good as everyone else, apparently, or it be what I actually <laughs> want to be, I need to make the sacrifices that I have to make 
Oh my God. Sorry. I just had a weird, I felt the same. I know I said this exact thing before, but I said it in regards to studying for tests because I got, you know, once I was in college, I started getting, I got really good grades in college. And I remember telling my best friend, like, you don't seem to understand. Like I have to study way harder for hours and hours and hours, way harder than everyone else. Because I, I don't know, I guess I'm just like not as smart or something because I would have these douchebag people. And now looking back, I'm like, I think they were full of shit, but I'd have these douchebag people be like, I stayed for an hour for this test as where I would have studied for two weeks in advance for like, like an hour and a half every single day for two weeks in advance. Um, and they'd be like, I stayed for an hour just before the test. Um, and I used to drive my shame in that regards, but it's very similar. It is very similar. That's an actually like a super astute observation. And this is why we do this, right? This is literally what you just did is why we do this because you're, you're recognizing patterns. You're not yeah. just with food. And so, okay, now I've got a lot of false equivalencies. And one of the things I think is a really common human experience is the idea that like, it's really difficult to grasp that every single person you see, every single person mm-hmm. you see has as many and as deep emotions and experiences as you have. Like that's cognitively too fucking much, right? Like if you had to literally understand the depth of every other physical human being you ever saw, like your fucking brain would explode. And so our brains do this automatic thing where we, we make people shallower and in a, not in a mean way or in a bad way, but it's a processing thing. Like it's one of the reasons why character development on television shows is often flat for every character except for the main character. And you feel like, oh, this is really amazing. This person's awesome. And you don't attach to other characters as well because they're not developing the depth because the human brain doesn't want to do that. It's too much. And so recognizing that no matter what comes out of somebody else's mouth, it's a tiny surface snippet of the deep, deep waters running below and that you're making a shit ton of snap judgments about them based on off of the 10 or 15 words they just said to you, which are bound to be highly inaccurate. Yeah. I guess it's hard. Okay, now I'm going to sound like a complete douche, but I'm like, I guess it's hard because I'm just so honest with people. I'm very self-effacing. Shocker here. If you haven't watched, if you haven't listened to the rest of this podcast, like shocker, I'm very self-effacing and I'm very quick to be all like, if I tell you my problems, then you can't attack me on my problems. So I would go to people and I would just be like, I studied for two weeks in advance. I'm really stressed out. I like, I, I, but I did everything I could. So if I fail, it's not my fault. Right. And that's a protection mechanism, which is perfectly reasonable, right? We all want to protect ourselves and protect from pain and suffering and discomfort. Normal. Yeah. All normal. So, so far, all of the things you experience are totally normal. Good job. Yay. Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) So I bought, so to get back to cake, I went to Whole Foods. I got a very Chantilly cake, which I've been eyeing ever since I, whenever I go to Whole Foods, which is actually pretty rarely. I almost um, bought that same one. Really? I did. That's so funny. Okay. We'll talk about that in a minute. I've been eyeing this I've been eyeing this cake for a while and then I watched because I watch cake videos on YouTube I find them really I don't know like it's pornographic to me it's almost just like oh it's so bad and naughty (laughs) I really enjoy it um 
but I saw someone make a, a berry chantilly cake and I was like, shit, I didn't know that's what that was. It sounds like the best cake ever. So I was like, well, that's my, one of my cakes. And then I went to um, Harris Teeter, which is the equivalent to Ralph's on the West coast, Harris Teeter on the East coast. And I got what looks like a really, a Does really. On it? Did you get the elbow? Okay. no because okay I saw like the big sheet cakes but I was like okay well I really don't I don't want to spend that much money because the berry chantilly cake was also was already not I mean it's not super expensive but it's you know not super cheap so I got like a sheet a sheet cake but it's like a little it's like a round but it's basically that that kind of shitty generic sheet cake that got got only knows it looks like it's already starting to melt and it looks like oil definitely not butter Okay. So it's actually becoming almost like unappetizing as I look at it. <laughs> okay. So what I want to point out really quickly here is that given absolute ultimate freedom to buy any dessert in the place, these are the two things you came out with. You didn't buy the biggest cake. So when you- Well, I didn't want to spend the money. I didn't right, want to spend but, okay. the money. But the point is, what we're trying to unwire here is that you have- the idea that you have no control over your eating, that if you get, you put yourself in front of cake with freedom, you will binge endlessly and weigh a thousand pounds and you will never stop eating cake. You just proved yourself wrong one time because given absolute freedom in front of all of those cakes, given bigger cakes to purchase, given cakes with more calories and less like, I don't know, um, whatever the point is, you did not buy the biggest cake. It's not about quantity. Even though, even though it was like more about money, does that not? Fine. That's okay. I did the same thing. So here, let's talk about my cake buying experience. Yes. To normalize it, right? Because I'm 15, down, 15 years down the road, I'm working on this shit. And I say working on it because it's never done. <clears throat> and I walked into Whole Foods, I went to Whole Foods and I literally, I had that Chantilly cake in my hand and I'm looking at it and I was like, well, this fits the bill of what we talked about getting, but I don't want it. And I have this like five-year-old tantrum moment. of like, I don't want this cake. And I'm like, well, I'm putting it back. And I was looking around and I'm looking at all the cakes and I'm like, I don't want any of these cakes. I am not in the mood for cake. I don't fucking want cake right now, but I'm buying cake today. I have to find a cake I want. And I found myself in this really awkward spot. And I thought back on different experiences where I've had to buy cakes for other people's birthdays and I didn't want cake. Um, And then how I ended up dealing with that in the situation where the cake was out and I was eating it. And so that was an interesting experiment for me to go through um, from a different perspective. And so what I ended up with was... (laughs) I didn't actually realize what it was I was getting until we got it home and my daughter attacked it because she was not going to be waiting 24 hours to try this cake. She was super pissed off at me. Like they were, she literally got home when I did yesterday. And so like I put the cake on the table and she screamed at the top of her, cake, oh my God. And I was like, nope, <coughs> you can't touch it. And she was like, what? She was like livid. She's livid. She's like, what do you mean I can't touch it? I said, look, this is for the podcast tomorrow. Liz and I are doing this thing. You can have some tomorrow when you go home from school. And she was like, no. And so then I finally figured out what it was because I decided I was going to get a chocolate cake. And it said it was chocolate cheesecake. And so I thought I was getting a like iced chocolate flavored cheesecake. And when she cut into it, what it actually is, is a regular chocolate cake on top of a cheesecake. I was like, yeah, fuck. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I was like, okay, now I want cake. 
I didn't want the cakes that I saw. And so what's interesting about that is that it's not that you will never, or that you'll walk up to a cake aisle and be like, I don't want cake. I'm so awesome. Like that's not what we're looking for. It's that you get pickier about what you're currently craving. Right. And at the time I'm standing in front of that cake aisle and because I wasn't actually craving something sweet, and I wasn't seeing something that then made me crave it sweet, something sweet. Like, cause that can happen too, where it's like, well, I don't really oh, want yeah. it. And then somebody shows you the optimum thing and you're like, okay, fine. That sounds great. That's literally what happened with this cake. Right. Cause I, I literally just picked something because I needed to. And then I got it home and realized it was different and went, oh, okay. No cake sounds great. Right. <laughs> so I went through the whole thing last night of resisting eating the cake. And what actually happened was I didn't have any cake when Layla had any, but when I went to put the cake away, I found myself doing this thing where I was like, well, this edge isn't clean. Uh, <laughs> yes. Fucking clean yes. the, the cake up. And then all of a sudden I'm standing there and I've got cake on my fingers and I'm snarfing it. And my husband's sitting at the table and I'm like, oh shit. Oops. Right. So like, understand that just because you fix some of these things or you work on them and they become less prevalent, it doesn't mean that you can't get caught out because I got caught out by the fact that this wasn't the cake I thought it was. And I had to clean it up. And here I am snarfing cake off my fingers. I mean, oh, damn it. Okay. So I caught myself and I was like, well, I really don't want cake right now because if I eat cake right now, I will definitely not want cake tomorrow. So I put it away. That was fine. But it's been on my mind. I know it's in there. <laughs> I know yeah, it's yeah. in there. I've been waiting. So that's the first cake I bought. And then I went to Target for the second cake because I had to return some stuff anyway. And I walked up. Now I have a real, I, and this was before too. Like I have always, always hated grocery store frosting. Like, and it was before I knew what it was or why I didn't like it or had any orthorexia whatsoever. I just really never liked grocery store cake because the frosting is made with lard and powdered sugar because it's a lot easier to create shapes and color and it holds a lot longer than buttercream or like a Chantilly cream, like the, on the cake that you got, but it's actually fucking terrible for you as well. And you just don't, I, I personally don't feel good after I've eaten it and it's, it doesn't have any flavor for me. And so I looked around at target forever and I saw those big sheet cakes and I had the narrative in my head again, of like, okay, well I should get the big sheet cake. And I'm like, nobody's going to eat that in my family. Nobody likes that. I'm not buying it. So I wandered around and I grabbed a cake. And it's actually very similar to the Berry Chantilly cake that you got. It's dreaming of strawberries, white chocolate shortcake. And I got home and realized it was gluten-free. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw that. And I was I like, gluten-free. <laughs> so well, now it's going to be curious what the texture is going to be like. Honestly, totally. it's even yummy. And so one of the things, again, here I want to stop and point out is that like the experience of actually buying a cake when given total cake freedom is very different than when you walk up to the counter of like, oh, don't buy cake. You don't need cake. You loser. Cake's going to take you away from your goals. Why the fuck are you even looking at cake? That's a totally different story you just told just by walking up to the cake counter with intention to buy a cake. Like I had given myself permission. Yeah. And what happened? Have you binged and totally pounded these cakes in the 12 No, hours? I haven't even. 
I'm so hardcore about my my self-imposed rules. I haven't even like licked, like I got some frosting on my hand when opening them up and I didn't even lick it. Cause I'm like, no, it's not time yet. And this is, we know this is a thing for you too. This like delayed gratification thing. It's so sick. I'm like, I'm like BDSM my cake. Right. Well, and, but this, these are the same kinds of feelings, you know, not to drag it into a, you know, R-rated podcast, but like these emotions, these, these feelings of shame and guilt and vulnerability and wanting to hide your true desires, they're the same. They're just directed at different things. Yeah. Right. I'm really into like, how much can I suffer so that when I actually give in, it feels so much better. Right. I'm really, and I actually do that. I struggle with that every single day because sometimes I'll start work for like two hours before I have a cup of coffee and I'm like, yeah, and yeah, <laughs> you like to suffer. I'm like, oh God, I got some problems. Right. But I want to show you that like when you're allowed to step out of that narrative, you absolutely can because you did with this cake experiment, because we set up an environment with different rules. And the different rules didn't trigger you to be like, no, no, I can't. You were able to change the rules. I felt like when I, when I got out of the car at Whole Foods, honestly, I felt, I felt like I was about to go commit a crime. I I, like (laughs) that, that kind of emotion. It's like really funny, but I felt like (laughs) you had told me you need to go rob Whole Foods because I actually felt that like a real sense of anxiety and wrongdoing, but I'm like, but I got to do it. And I felt so much guilt, so much guilt about it. So it's so hard to say all this. Cause you're just like, Jesus, just Kate, calm the fuck down. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. No, I'm you're not. There. But in my head, I have to judge my own shame and be all like, well, you know, it's just cake. It's not a big so, okay. deal. What would you say to a friend? that was telling you this would you be like god loser why do you like cake so much it's just cake is that what you would say to a friend no I would probably be like you need to seek therapy (laughs) 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 because food stuff is so it can be so triggering and you could really you could really uh hurt yourself pretty badly with your eating disorders so I'm you know I think I think there's so much uh, quote unquote free advice from people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about or are just trying to get your money or, and are in their own, have their own really bad eating disorders. So they're just like, no, just do what I do. This is great. Well, um, also people, I mean, I think genuinely, I, if I say when I look back at <clears throat> my full blown orthorexia, I was in an environment that fully supported that. Everybody yeah. around me was doing that and everybody was reinforcing that. It was an echo chamber. Yeah. And so it's like waking up from that and coming out of that. It's like, I often question like, well, maybe that was the better way. And this way is bad. You know, I'm not saying that like, this is necessarily hundred percent forward progress. I still would say it, maybe it is a good idea sometimes to say there are foods I fundamentally won't eat because I don't want the, the result of those foods, that's not necessarily unhealthy. It's how I do that, right? It's how I make those rules for myself. It's not whether or not there's a rule there. And so it's It's perspective. Yeah. And that's what's so tricky about this stuff. It's like, it's intangible 
And there's no like marker in the sand where it's like, haha, I've crossed this line and now I am okay. Or I have crossed that line and now I am not okay. It's all very fluid and very like complex. Personal. It's all very personal too. Yeah. Um, you know, and I would say the next step to take in this is like repeat. You have to repeat this. It's like whenever we're facing fears, like we talked uh many episodes ago, I think now about you facing some of your fears of social situations that you were having of like getting out and going rock climbing and doing all that, or we built you up slowly, but you didn't stop facing the fear. It just got easier to deal with. And so it's sort of like, this is the underlying foundation of what we're doing with the cake is like the fear of the cake is so big that you're having anxiety walking up to a cake counter. Like step one, walk up to a cake counter with freedom. Uh, opposite there right so I'm just like that'll take about 20 more years and it might it's not going to go away right away and this is why I said at the very beginning like this is not a one-step fix this is not some miracle you know conversation we're going to have where all of a sudden the next time you go buy a cake this is going to go away but you get new tools each time and you get a new story you get to tell yourself each time and you get more ammo in the tank of like I don't behave like an out-of-control mad woman in front of a cake counter like the, that's what you're reinforcing. Yeah. And you know what's uh, I remember thinking, like, I hope people think I'm buying something for someone's birthday or something. I hope that's what they think. Like it gives it like it fucking matters, but it's like I hope they think that and that I'm probably not even gonna eat this cake that's for my kids, even though I have no kids. <laughs> right? Wow. Oh my god. But it's not something to judge, it's something to observe, right? It's like aha. This is a place I need to continue to work because I'm super uncomfortable yeah. with this, right? So, all right, my cake's getting warm. I know. Okay. I'm. I, the more I'm looking at this fucking like not the non whole foods cake, the more I'm like, oh, that doesn't even look very good anymore. And now I'm almost like I don't want to eat it. Well, we're gonna. Maybe this is what I just need to like. <laughs> oh God. Um, I do want to ask one thing because you you brought up one thing like um. Frankly, I will, I will often do that whole trick of like, well, this is what I really want, but this will be, this will be a healthier option so, or a, a fewer calories option. So I'll just get this. But then I do feel like it then just drives the craving for the thing I wanted more. So that probably is not the best. It depends. Yeah, it depends on your perspective. Like, why are you making a healthier choice? Are you punishing yourself into my feel guilty? Choice? Right. Or are you making that choice because you genuinely just want a healthier thing? It's like, well, ice cream would be nice, but I really, ugh, I don't, I don't really want to eat ice cream. I just want something creamy. So I'll have this instead and that'll do. And then that solves the craving. But if you're doing it out of punishment or avoidance of the craving, you are likely to turn it up. Right. So okay. we talked about it. Like, I want to break down dealing with cravings a little bit more like structured than we have in the past. But like, there's, there's a lot of levels to dealing with cravings. One is you can ignore it for a while, right? And see if it goes away. And if it does, fantastic. And then if you keep ignoring it and it keeps going away, then you're good. No problem. Right. If you ignore it and it gets bigger, there's something else going on with that food or with that thing that you're craving that has nothing to do with the thing you're soothing or you're coping with for something else. And that's where you need to either start finding substitutes, ways to cope better, mm-hmm. or you need to address the underlying cause of the thing you're trying to cope with. 
Oh, there's questions to ask yourself. Cravings, right? And these are the yeah. questions you ask yourself. This is why it's not like a, here's how you handle cravings. Done. <laughs> here's your checklist. Right? Um, I wish. My job would be so much easier if I could just hand out checklists and meal plans. I'd be like, ta-da, here, your problems are solved. Here you go. I just don't see why you can't succeed. Here's a a list of things you need to do and a giant or a more giant list of things you need to not do. Right. But it doesn't mean, again, because I live in the land of gray and not in black and white, it's like having rules for how you fuel, fuel yourself and how you, you know, nourish yourself is important, but if those rules are creating all sorts of psychological distress, they need some attention. Oh, good point. I like how we're both just holding knives. I know, because we're ready. Yeah. Nobody can yeah. see okay. knives. Okay, I so like to, I want to yeah. give you an option here, okay? okay. Do you want to cut a piece of this cake and we can go through the feelings around cutting a piece of cake in portion size? Or do you just want to eat the cake until you're satisfied? Or do you want to do one and one? In my head up until like the hour before this, I was like, I'm just going to take a fork and just fucking start eating the cake. But then I was like, I don't know if that's really the best way because I would never normally do that. So I feel like I should do what I do where I, what I would do more often normally I would never just get a cake and be like put my fork in it I just don't because I like I would would but I like but then but you get to have the pleasure of cutting it and seeing all the layers right okay yeah so this is your experiment right you get to do it how you want but I want you to have a full spectrum of options so that then if you decide to repeat the experiment you can go a different direction right because when when we're doing experiments we change one factor at a time Otherwise, right. we're just fucking throwing shit at the wall and going, I think this is what happened. Cool. And that's not science. So what should I do? Should I do one and one? Be? What do you want to do? I don't know. I want to do oh, the most, the thing that's the most efficient and most effective, whatever that means. Okay. What <laughs> would you know. do? Let's try it this way. Let's see. Um, what would you do if you were alone and trying not to eat the cake? If I have the cake, but I'm trying not to eat it, mm-hmm. like probably tomorrow, what's going to happen tomorrow if I don't end up oh, yeah, throwing it away? I'm probably going to throw away the shitty one. Yeah. Um, so what would I do if I had the cake and I was trying not to eat it? I would probably, t- oh, I would I would definitely, I would uh, slice off little slivers and be like, that's a little bit, doesn't count. <laughs> oh, like my cake fist last night? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> let's kick off my hand. Every year, ah, and I licked it all off. And so, okay. And that's actually something, that's a trap to watch out for. If you catch yourself doing that, that's shame popping up. That's guilt and shame. How much cake do you want right now? Like if you were just free form to just be like, I want, if you're two years old and somebody puts a cake in front of you, how much cake do you want? I probably want a big slice. All right. Pack off the biggest slice that you care. Are you doing yours too? I'll do, I'm gonna eat the cheese. Are you cake. wait? Okay, are we starting with oh, our wait. store bought cakes? Yeah. Well, or which one you mean like the the, sh- but the lower we quality? We should say shit. Whatever kidding. they don't they don't sponsor us. I mean the shitty ones. I'll start with shitty cakes. Let's do pretty sure. I'm gonna have two bites of this. Okay. If my but... cake already had fucked up frosting because of the way it was packaged, you know it's a shitty cake, right? Oh. Okay, so I'm doing that. 
right. Okay. So. Okay, I'm gonna have a bite of it. Are you ready? You're having your strawberry one. Mine's chocolate with white icing. Okay. Hmm. All right, I'm pleasantly surprised by the gluten-free cake. If you didn't know yeah. it's gluten-free, I wouldn't know. Oh, that's always kind of a good. I feel like a good way, place to be with gluten-free stuff. Yeah, what did they do to it to make it like that? Because that's my second question is like, <laughs> what did why, they do, Chris? Why does this still taste like cake? <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of freaking magic has happened here that this still tastes like what cake? What did they make it with? Is it almond flour? Is it cassava? I'm looking. Let's see. Potato starch. White chocolate, modified tapioca starch, baking powder, corn starch. Oh, aha. Well, the list of ingredients on this is enough to trigger some orthorexia. I'm like, well, I'm not eating another <laughs> bite of this. However, <laughs> if, you put laugh, this me, if you put this in front of me and you didn't let me leave, read the ingredients. Uh-huh. I'd be like, this is pretty bomb. I'm just not reading the ingredients on mine. And the Whole Foods one, I don't think has ingredients to read. And that's a whole nother podcast talking about ingredients <laughs> and how to make decisions based off of that, not out of guilt and shame. And like, you know, again, around setting those rules and boundaries for yourself about what you want to fill your body with versus what you don't. Okay, I gotta be honest. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting all giggly because I'm so uncomfortable. But I'm also so happy to be eating cake. I'm like so happy, which is fucked up because I feel like I'm, I feel like it's going to be really difficult for me not to go on like um, a shame fest tomorrow. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. So why don't you deserve to enjoy cake? Because I'm trying to lose weight for my wedding, Chris. Duh. <laughs> Duh, because I don't deserve nice things. Uh -huh. <laughs> um. I don't deserve cake because I'm like, well, it's either lose all this weight or have cake. I mean, you can't fucking have cake and wait, have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, I was really trying really hard. <clears throat> okay, so I full blown expected to cut this bite of this slice of cake, the the quote unquote shitty cake. And because I'm so excited by like really bougie food things, that whenever I use my Oh, please, I know you can't slap me through this phone. Uh, whenever I use my <laughs> my non-optimum, my non my my non-nutritiously dense calories, um, I always try to make sure it's something really like high quality, like this, like expensive high quality, and it weirdly it does help um, negate the guilt, I guess, so which is weird. Because I can only get, I can only buy so much of this tiny little expensive freaking shit with gold leaf on it, right? I'm not gonna buy a huge giant gold leaf cake for like three hundred dollars. So I just want to so, say on record that um, my shitty gluten free cake is gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine is still on the. I'm analyzing mine. So I 
I also, I am a person, I feel like I can't do shit without analyzing it. And uh, my best friend makes fun of me. She's always like, what does this mean? Because I, I am that person. Like, what does this mean? I mean, that's why we're like, sitting here analyzing cake eating, Liz. Like, yeah. Both of those people. So clearly, <laughs> hey, well, we're gonna do job for those people out there who aren't going to do it, right? We're, this is yeah, so we're going to do this for you. I ate this so, cake as a service to others. So I full blown expected to cut this slice of cake, eat a bite and be like, ew, I'm not eating this. This isn't good. This is fucking, this is fucking delicious. And it's so (laughs) artificial. It's so artificial tasting. I'm like, yes, this is exactly what I want because I think it does remind me of being a child and having like shitty cake from, I mean, I kind of like the Costco cake. Like you get the cream cheese, buttercream thing in the, in the middle. That's the one I liked. And I remember particularly the sh- a very shaming time when I was um, starting my anorexic journey where they were having a birthday party and like these family friends and the mom had fat shamed me before a couple of different times. This is the one about the, like the whitewater rafting trip where she basically told my dad that I can't go because you need to be physically in shape for it. <laughs> um, yeah. So this bitch, <laughs> This bitch is also no. I'm sorry. I should not. Never mind. I won't go down that road. But I I suspect she has some eating disorders. So I was at this birthday party, and it was like maybe for her daughter or something, who also loved to fat shame me. They were both just awful, uh, and they oh. got like the Costco sheet cake, which is very I very much like the cake I got, except it doesn't have the cheesecake middle. It has just buttercream or whatever. And I remember going up to her and being like, I had a cup of apple juice and now I don't want the cake and feeling so empowered. Like, look at me. I've really made it in life. Yeah. And so, and so it's really weird to have this cake and be like, oh my God, I fucking love it. When it's like shitty, low quality, low quality ingredient cake. Let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> well, I'll eat, well, I'll eat this. I've already finished mine. So <laughs> I've I mean, had two bites and I'm like, this point. is so good. Case in point, so these highly palatable foods, like as much as you can recognize cognitively that they're not good for you, they're literally designed to hijack your taste buds. And so by putting them in front of you in any way, you're you're sort of also undermining your ability to control your intake of them. Yeah, that's what they're designed for. I mean, we've I think I can say this with a small amount of confidence. We've all accidentally eaten almost an entire bag of Doritos or maybe an entire bag and gone, well, what the fuck? I'm not even full. And that's actually, that's not on you, right? That's on food companies because they're doing that on purpose. Yes, they are. on purpose. And so this is where you get to make decisions, right? This is a, this food is not morally good or bad. And you're not morally good or bad for your control or lack of control over eating it. You can now step away and be like, is this the kind of cake I want to consume when I have an opportunity to consume cake? Is this the cake that I actually really enjoy? Or is this an environment or a situation where it's perfectly reasonable to enjoy this piece of cake? And then if the answer is no, then you can, without feeling pride or what's the other one I want pride or like virtuousness virtuosity self-righteousness that's the one thank you right without the self-righteousness can you turn the cake down 
because you just genuinely don't want it. I remember the very first time I genuinely didn't want a piece of cake. And then I went into this crazy self-righteous spiral and I didn't know what the fuck happened because I remember mm-hmm. being like, Ugh, I don't want that. She was like, oh, I don't want it. I I've achieved everything. It, right? I achieved I, everything. I, I win. Like, I win. Oh, no. And then I like spun myself out on it too. Cause then I was like, oh no, do I not want it? Because I'm trying to be good still. Or do I just not want it? And I'm like, no, you don't want it. You just don't want it. It's okay. You can just not want it. And that whole narrative went around in my head, the entire birthday party. And it wasn't like, I just had this moment of like, I don't want it. And everything was awesome. It was like, I don't want it. And now I'm second guessing whether or not I want it. So that's like step one. <laughs> And then you get like 25 steps after that of like, oh, wow, I genuinely, <laughs> I don't like that. So I can sit here with these two cakes at this point and having already had a lick of the chocolate one last night, like I know I'm waiting to eat more of that and not because I'm worried about the calories, but because I also know that the the first few bites of a cake are the best bites and then yeah. really it's diminishing returns. Mm, but then later that night. Oh yeah. The next fights are amazing. Back again, right? And so that's where you've got to sort of, this is where having some rules and some structure in your eating can help you, right? I'm also taking big bites of these cake. Like I normally would take the tiniest little bites to make it last as long as possible. And I'm just taking big ass bites right now. Yeah, because you can have as much of it as you want. So you're so scared, Chris. I feel like I've like half done... Right now, the emotions that are coming up are like, you've half murdered someone. Are you going to continue and full-blown murder them? Because right now, you'll just get off with assault or attempted murder. But if you murder them, it's definitely going to be death. Oh. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? Yeah. How much... It's almost like my brain is calculating. This will be interesting to see how much you have to punish yourself later today or tomorrow. And it's really, it's really it's really happening. And it's really like, well, Chris isn't going to be there for me tomorrow to hold my hand and be like, guess what? You don't have to punish yourself. You know, it's like, you're not there with a little, like little angel on my shoulder. Yeah. Right. And this is, this is the tricky part of doing this this way. Right. Um, because there is going to come the aftermath because it's, this is the thing about the cake too, is it won't be now. We can sit here and eat both of these cakes together, the entirety of them. And because we did it together, it'll feel okay. And then later the shame and the guilt come. And that's where the work is. That's where the work is, right? So we'll, we'll probably have to do a bit of a follow-up and maybe we'll we'll edit this down so that we can condense the, the shame and guilt spiral that's inevitably going to happen after this. Yes. And accepting, yes. accepting that that is a reality and being prepared for when it comes is the next step of trying to unwire it. Okay, I'm going to eat this cake and I'm going to have as much as I want. And that's morally neutral. And then when the shame and the guilt come, I'm going to be kind to myself. And I'm going to say, shame and guilt, I don't need you right now because I didn't do something wrong. And that's where it starts. And you're like, but I did. I know. I'm like, but I did, Chris. You don't understand. I did. Okay. So let's look at it this way, right? Like I'm sitting here with you eating cake. Am I bad? Am I wrong? I, 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 like, no. I feel like, I feel like, no, I, I just feel like, no, Chris, because you're the coach and you are in complete control of yourself as where I have many, many problems. Yeah. <laughs> that's literally what's going on in my head. 
now I am feeling after having that that um that slice of the the shitty quote-unquote shitty cake um people are always telling me like god Liz tell us how you really feel do I have a problem with being too blunt whatever the shitty cake which I actually really enjoyed now I'm like oh my tummy is a little like Oh God, I just said tummy. I'm in my thirties. I said tummy. (laughs) My stomach is a little like, that was quite sweet. Now I'm feeling a little like, I don't think I want more right now of that one. Okay. So I'm switching to the berry Chantilly cake, which I'm really fucking like all my excitement is for. It's like, yeah, this is a, like a normal Liz cake. The other one was like, this is shame cake. This, now this is like you love yourself cake because it's fancy. I used to do that, and I yeah. spent some time on like, is that true? You know, like, is the shitty cake genuinely not better than the high quality cake? And I, it took me a while, right? Of eating a lot of really shitty quality baked goods. Cause I did, that's what I did, right? I was like, cool, you want a shitty quality baked good? Go get it. And over time, what I actually came to for myself was that I really genuinely don't want the shitty stuff. Like I really genuinely want the good stuff. And, you know, it led me down a path to more empowerment around food versus shame and guilt. Because now I can go to a party or I can be at a restaurant or whatever. And those desserts don't call me because it's like, eh, I can pass. I don't want that. Like, if I really want a good treat, I'll make it. Because mm. I've come to the fact that like, with, with like the slight exception of Whole Foods or a really great local bakery, like there was one bakery in, um, <clears throat> in LA that made absolutely high quality phenomenal cake Ooh, was it um what was it called portos no i oh. hated portos i thought portos was disgusting everybody loved really portos. i, I thought had, that cake was disgusting i had one once i had a dulce de leche and i thought that was like the best thing i've ever had i only had one so that's all i have to compare it to yeah i don't know I think, and this is gonna sound super uber douchey douchey <laughs> but like it's just true. After 10 years of living in Europe and, you know, six of them <laughs> in France, my, and, and England, and I will, I will call England out specifically and say, if you want just solid cake, England is the place. I mean, I did, I used to do um, some running races when we were over there more regularly in the summers. And we did like this 10 K at the end of the 10 K, there were like all these little old English people and there was tea and coffee and like six different kinds of homemade cake. And it was oh, like, yes. oh my God, this is the best idea. Like the English there are <laughs> where you're like, yep, this is how shit should be done. This is yes. because <laughs> it was about community and it was about, I mean, the cakes were all homemade. Somebody had brought them, you know, like each individual person had brought a cake and somebody did the coffee and somebody organized the race and everybody had a nice chat and a cup of tea and it was fantastic right and it's very civilized and I feel like this is this is a place where cake should take up some space Mm -hmm. but on the other hand you could be like you just ran a race why would you ruin all your gains with cake ah (laughs) there's that fitness mentality coming back Mm -hmm. in 
right? That isn't actually serving you. And, you know, I would say six years before that experience of running, I would have said exactly that at the end of that race. I would have said exactly that. How can they have cake at the end of the race? Like, this is a fitness thing. What's wrong with these people? Yeah, that's wrong. Bad people. Right? And so, you know, a lot of this comes down to there's a, there's a time and a place and space for all of the things. It's just how much space and time you allocate to them. So I know, right? I'm digging my... Sorry, this cake is making me really fucking happy. Like, this is the kind of cake where I'm like, it's so balanced and it has fresh fruit in it. So part of me is like, oh, it's fresh and, and nutritious. It makes me feel better. It makes me feel genuinely better. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that means emotionally, physically. I just, I just feel like, like, yes, this, I feel way less guilt. I feel way less guilt eating this cake. I'm like, yes, this is good. As with other cake, I'm like, every bite is like, you're snorting a bit of cocaine. But is it because you're genuinely enjoying it more? I'm definitely enjoying it more. Because so it's almost like I don't care as much. It just feels so, so much, it just feels like so much more fresh. I'm just like, yes, this is like, I don't know, love. <laughs> this is kind of, this is kind of where my douchey sentence about 10 years abroad comes back to haunt me is that like the thing I took away from all of those experiences and believe, and when I was living in France, I was the most hardcore about my diet. Okay. Like. That's when I was doing keto. That's when I was restricting my calories. I was exercising, you know, upwards of 15 hours a week. I was bodybuilding hardcore, doing all that stuff, okay? <clears throat> in that environment, full of some of the best pastries in the world, I was depriving myself of that. And you can argue that on either side. But the question then becomes like, is that what I wanted out of that experience? Do I regret that now? Do you? Um, no, but not because I feel like I missed out on pastry, but because I feel like it taught me a lot. Like going through that taught me a lot and probably was really instrumental in getting me to where I am now. But also like I can remember going to England for Christmas with my husband and like my, my mother-in-law's shortbread is like the best thing ever. And I, I fucking love shortbread. Oh. Fighting with myself and literally having a stomach ache from having eaten so much shortbread because it was so amazing. I couldn't stop. And having to really battle that out with myself in that period where I was coming out of the orthorexia and back into a balanced eating kind of scenario, um, that was really challenging for me. But I can look back on that now and I can, you know, compare store-bought cake in America or Target cake in America or homemade cake in America. And I can say, hands down, like, I feel like we can just do so much better in the world of desserts. And I feel like a lot of the guilt and shame would go away if there was more joy in the desserts that you got to eat. Yeah. I think that's, I mean... The analogy I'm thinking of would be, you know, <laughs> this is probably a shitty analogy. I guess. I mean, it's like having, it's like having, it feels, it's like cheating, right? It's, uh, it would be, I mean, I don't speak, I don't speak from personal experience, but 
it would be like, well, this guy's hot and he's awful and I fucking hate him, but he's really hot and I want to have sex with him because I've been <laughs> fantasizing about him. And how satisfying would that be afterward versus, wow, I feel like a genuine connection with this other person and I actually really want to explore this relationship. And at least that's a lot more satisfying. Extra okay. shitty for the person you're cheating on, but... But real talk, people make both of those choices all the time because it's not one or the other. It's not one or the other. Like there might be a yeah. place for the hot, dumb guy. Yeah. And the fact that our society tells us you can't have the hot, dumb guy and a fulfilling, lasting relationship with somebody else. I'm gonna call that the problem. Oh. <laughs> but I yeah, uh, now we're gonna compare America to and Europe again. No, but I say that to challenge belief systems because all of our decisions are predicated on our underlying belief system. Like, and that comes from our culture, our family, um, our personal feelings about things and, and our version of right and wrong or religion. You know, all of these different things create our belief systems. But the, the interesting and really, I think, useful thing is that your belief system is flexible. Even your belief system about yourself. Because there's a whole set of stories you have about yourself. I'm the kind of person who doesn't have control in front of Kate. I'm the kind of person who, <laughs> who has to analyze every situation. I'm the kind of person who would never eat cake when like other people are watching me. And I'm not saying that because those are you things. I'm saying that because those were also me things. And I think those stories are the things you need to hold out in the light and say, this is just a story and I can change it. Wow. Power over your own narrative. Mm -hmm. This is just a story and I can change it. God. So I'm sitting here now. I'll show you. I'll show you what my cakes look like now. Are both pieces um, of the cake gone that you ate? Yeah. Well, except for bits of strawberry, because strawberry upset my stomach, even though I love it. So that's okay. what, that's what, that's actually, I want to talk about that for a quick second. Even though that cake is there, mm -hmm. you were like, nope, this isn't worth it. This particular part of this cake, you didn't eat all the cake. You didn't like lick the plate clean and be like, oh, oh my God, this cake is the last time ever. And there's like a whole other cake sitting there, right? And I'm, point, I'm highlighting the things that you didn't do because the fears that you have around cake revolve around mm -hmm. those actions and they didn't happen. About like uncontrolled, being fucking yeah. like out of control. Yeah, so if we think about what out of control looks like, you wouldn't have cut a slice of cake. You wouldn't be done now. You'd be licking your plate if you were done with that current piece. That's what out of control looks like. Yeah. <laughs> Although so I feel like, okay, can I say this? No, no, no. So I want to talk about, oh, sorry, go ahead, this, go ahead. Before you do this, I want you to recognize factual reality versus fear narrative. Yeah, I guess in my head, when I talked about this um, weeks ago, we talked about this before we were even like, you know, before this was like a twinkle in the eye and this was actually going to happen. Weeks ago, we talked about this and I was like, I want to sit down and eat a whole cake. I just want a whole cake. I just want to eat the whole thing. I remember I really felt that way. And up until right now, I really felt that way. I just want to eat the whole fucking thing. You don't seem to understand. I want it all. Yeah. 
I feel like that still. I still fantasize about like, oh my God, eat the whole cake. But I also know that in my tangible, actual, physical reality, when there is cake in front of me, that's not what I'm going to do. I might go back again in an hour and have a piece of cake. Yeah, I'm already that's a different here. story. It's so hard because I'm already like, I cannot wait to have a piece of cake later on today because that's what I want. Because right now I'm like, I don't want any more cake. I don't really but I'm like, oh, but I really want some more probably maybe in the morning or, you know, with coffee. Mm-hmm. I just, Chris just brought me tea, actually, while I was sitting here. Oh, so nice. so what, what happened? He brought me tea. I'll cut <laughs> another piece of cake because now I have tea and cake. Well, yeah. I mean, how are you going to enjoy your tea to the optimum level if you don't have the cake? And I think the, the thing I want to point out here is like in the past, when I would have had a shame spiral about that piece of cake, the narrative in my head would already be taking over that like, I'm going to eat more cake later. Oh my God. How am I ever going to get rid of the calories from that cake I'm about to eat? Oh my God. This isn't, I can't, I can't even do this. Right. And I would already be freaking out and I'm still sitting in front of the current piece of cake. And so what I want to point out that happened was a week ago, you had this huge fear, like video in your head of what was going to happen if you got put in front of a whole cake. And then reality happened and that's not what went down. And now yeah. you've got another video going in your head about what's going to happen later. And so what's yeah. happening- Like of, I'm going to end up eating this whole fucking cake, just not in one sitting, but I'm still eating the whole fucking cake. Right. And that's a, that's a, that's a whole nother fear to address around this particular food. And it takes you out of now. Because right now, are you satisfied? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel kind of like I feel like I really loved my berry chantilly cake, and I'm like I could definitely go for another small slice. Do it, but I'm like I'd really cut it right now. Put it on your plate. Okay, let's go. I'm like really, really. Is that really okay? You were way too comfortable there for a second. I saw you looking kind of comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) I'm. (laughs) And I I want you to cut a huge piece of it. Like, oh, God damn it, Chris. Now I have to cut another one. A huge piece? Yeah. Okay. And this is like, you know, one of those layer cakes. So Mm -hmm. it's like, okay. That's a, that now I feel like what I just put on my fucking plate. Now I feel, now I feel like you sloppy bastard. Cause now it's like a fucked up, it's not a beautiful piece of Instagram worthy cake. I could be like, look at my beautiful cake, but that's okay because for dinner I'm gonna have kale. Um, now it's like, oh, it my cake on my plate looks like and it's all over my hands, and it looks like, oh, you don't give a fuck in life anymore. <laughs> all right. And now I'm really feeling judgment. <laughs> Good. That's where I wanted you to be at, right? I, I want you to get back to that place where you're Objective? challenging. No, where you're challenging the assumptions that are in your head. Oh. And now I'm looking at the cake and now I'm looking at the, the slice I cut it. And now I'm like, Oh my God. And now I'm starting to feel a lot of panic. Like, Oh my God, this looks like you like something's wrong with you. You're eating a lot of this cake. Do you have to eat it? Huh? Do you have to eat it? No. Do you want to eat it? I kind of want to eat some of it. Okay. Do it. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> before i felt like look two neat little slices of cake that's okay but now i'm like oh it's a big hunk of fucking cake 
This is so, this is so weird. I never thought in my life I'd be doing this. Right. Like on a podcast. Obviously, it's very weird. <laughs> okay, I can visibly see a change in how you're looking at that cake. Really? Explain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're literally looking at that cake with fear. I see fear. <laughs> I feel fear. I feel like. Every fucking bite you take, this is like a judgment on yourself. Like, like, look at all the damage you're going to do. Are you going to continue to kill this person or are you going to get away with aggravated assault? That's what it feels like. I know. Keep hitting him. He's not dead yet. (laughs) (laughs) So while you're working on all of that fear and literally chewing on it, I'm going to bring up the waffles again when I was doing oh, the stroop waffles. Yeah, they weren't stroop waffles. They were like oh. industrial glazed and then chocolate dipped waffles. And they came in a pack of six and they were the worst thing I could find that looked appetizing. You know, like I was literally looking for when I went to the grocery store, I was like, what is the thing that would make me feel the absolute worst about myself if I ate them? I was like, oh, those. And I stood in front of them before I bought them. I remember. <clears throat> And I was like, oh God, those are so processed. They're not even made with flour. They're probably just made with like components of other plants that have been mashed together and turned into a paste and then fried in some kind of hellish oil that's been used a billion times. And I was like leaning way in, right? Leaning way into the fear. And I remember I was sweating um, when the cashier rung them up. And I was sure the cashier was judging me for purchasing them. I was sure. Very simple, to, similar to what I went through yesterday. Yep. And I went home and I, I unpacked, I was alone, Chris was at work. And I, unpa- I unpacked all the groceries, all the other things I had bought. And I sat there and I looked at them for a while and I was like, you got to eat them. You're going to eat them. And you're not going to die because you eat them. And you're going to weigh yourself when you're done. Fat pig. You're going to weigh yourself. And I was like, okay. So this was like a punishment, like a shame punishment exercise? It wasn't. It was supposed to be freeing. But the first time I did oh. it, this was what happened, right? And I, oh, interesting. It, was, uh, it was one of the biggest fights I've ever had with myself. <laughs> Have you never As I'm sitting here, I'm like, I don't know if I want to continue. This has been already a stressful week. No, it's kidding. Right? It has been, but still. Yeah. And I can remember eating the entire package. I ate all six of them. And by about the third or fourth one, I actually felt physically ill. <laughs> I'm starting to get there right now, actually. <laughs> yeah. And the, the thing for me was all, all of me was saying, just stop. You don't feel good. And then there was this little tiny part of me like, no, fuck you. You get to eat whatever you want. Just do it. And so I finished them and I really mm-hmm. did feel sick. And I thought, okay, well, that'll do it. I won't do that again because obviously <laughs> I don't want to feel sick. And then the next day I went back to the supermarket and I followed the rules in, that were in the book and I bought another package. And I didn't want them at the time when I bought them. I didn't want them. I was like, oh God, these are gross. And I didn't feel good and I don't want these. And I bought them and I'll be goddamned if I didn't eat that whole second package the next day. I did. I ate them all. And I felt bad. Oh my God. But like when you were eating them where you're like, oh, this is good. I like this. It was, like actually it was, enjoying the flavor? No, it was shame eating. It was 100% shame eating. I was eating in a place of like anger and shame and resentment. There's so much resentment to these, this mm. stupid fucking food that I was eating. It's like, 
Why, why can't I eat these and not gain weight? Why do I have to be different? Why can other people eat whatever they want and I can't? Why am I broken? Those were the things going through my head. And they weren't true. They weren't true. But I could not see that then. I couldn't see it at all. And I remember I got to the end of the week and I had put on a kilo which is 2.2 pounds just for anybody who doesn't do kilos. <clears throat> and I cried. I, I cried for like hours. I cried about it. Mm. And when I was done crying about it, I kind of picked myself up. I remember picking myself up and thinking like, okay, it's two pounds. Like that's a decent dump. How am I that upset about two pounds? <laughs> You know, and then my rational brain was able to kick in. And I, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, a movie that I really like. I'm just kidding. But it's a movie that really kind of resonated with me because it was, uh, oh, fuck, what's it called? It's Pixar. Inside Out. That's the one. Oh, it was like Inside Toy Story? Out. No, Inside mm-hmm. Out. And it's all about this little girl who's got all these emotions in her head and stories about the emotions in her head. And everybody's always kicking sadness to the side and, you know, like, no, everything has to be awesome. And I have to always feel positive and everything has to be great. And it turned out that like the one thing the little girl needed to get through the transition was to feel her sad. And once she was able to work through her sad and feel the feeling, then all the other emotions were able to come back. And that's literally what I experienced. And so when I watched that movie, I just like flashback. Because obviously these waffles were a fucking pivotal moment in my life, which, you know, <laughs> we've all had our struggles and I guess mine was fucking waffles. So I look at that and and you're going to experience the shame and you're going to feel the guilt and the sadness. How you move through that next is the key to changing it. If you accept that and you accept that those are choices that you made and you needed to make them at the time, that they don't define who you're going to be in the future and that you love yourself anyway, that's where the healing starts now. Okay. So did you finish that last piece of cake or did you stop? Um, I started feeling really nauseous. Yeah, so you stopped. So I started feeling you just like really nauseous. I was like, oh God, this isn't this isn't worth it anymore. Yeah. So now look again at the cake, right? You bought a six-inch cake. How yeah. much did you actually eat when you sat down to intentionally fuck that cake up? Um, you're better at probably that's, that's like how a, much I it's less than a third, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the thing we can take away from this is that even given absolute freedom over that cake in one sitting, the most you're ever going to eat of it is a third. I mean, not the most ever, but like, I was like forever. The most you're going to sit down and eat out of freedom is a third. If you sit down with shame and guilt and you sit there with punishment in your heart, you'll eat more. You'll keep going. Yeah. Without that feeling of sickness. But because that's not where you started with that cake, you can stop and it's okay. Yeah. Although I feel like I'm totally going to want this tomorrow. Probably. And so now you get a series of choices, right? You can say, okay, I want to keep leaning into this and I'm going to keep eating this cake until I feel less shame and guilt. Or you can get rid of it and say, okay, that was good for now. And I'm going to come back to this later and try this again. Or I, you can practice it in other situations, but you now have this experience to anchor yourself back to, to say, 
I don't actually eat the whole cake. I'm not an out of control, like cake fiend who's just looking for her next hit, right? <laughs> you, you now have that. And, yeah. and I think the most powerful thing about doing this exercise is willfully eating more cake than you would stop yourself from is, is a really key component because I made you cut that next slice. Because you did. The shame and the guilt took over. It was like, that's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm satisfied, but I don't feel horrible. <laughs> right. Which is um, where you, but just case like, no, hang on. That was lots of syllables that didn't do anything for us. Like that's where you eventually want to be right. Is in that empowered place of like, yeah, okay. I had some cake. Cause that's where I'm sitting right now. Like I sat down, not particularly wanting cake today. Cause it just wasn't like super excited about cake, but I was happily surprised by the strawberry one. I don't really want any more of it though, because in the end, I don't want to eat that cake. I'd much rather eat this fantastic cheesecake chocolate thing over here. Yeah. So, you know, let me tell you, one's going in the trash right away because <laughs> I'm like, eh. And then the berry chantilly one, I'm just like, it feels like quality and I don't want to throw away quality. Ah, and that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother podcast too. <laughs> but this is a really big component. Okay. This is a, this is a thing where you get to make these choices. They don't make you, right? Your emotions and your fear aren't running your decision-making in the moment. They're running your decision-making in the future. And that's not reality. Sorry, I took my brain a minute to catch up with that. Wait, they're, okay. I'll say, they're I can running. say that one again, ready? Because normally I can't repeat yeah. shit I said. I can say this one again. Your fear is not running your decision-making right now in the now. It's only running your future decision-making, which means it only has impact in a place in time that's not real. You have no power over me. It's like, it's a Goblin King moment, man. <laughs> and this is why we always ask you, know, you to come back to now, tune into what you're eating, be present with your food, eat it slowly and stop when you're satisfied. And this right now, like you went past that on purpose. That's powerful. You intentionally I would never have normally, I would not have done that. I would not have done that without you because I really, I was still really feeling pretty safe. I was feeling pretty fucking safe after that, that one slice of the berry Chantilly. I was like, no, I'm satisfied because I've really tried to work hard to train myself to have like a treat every day. Um, and to just be all like, yes, I can keep going. This is sustainable. Yeah. Um, and now I just feel, I feel nauseous, frankly. I feel so yeah, fucking nauseous. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, oh. Um, and also, I guess it, uh, some anxiety about like, well, what if you just want more cake later? And then you also want some the next day. And then like after this, you're going to be like, remember how good that very chantilly cake is? Oh my God. And now I know. Now I fucking know. I've been looking at this cake for years and I was always like, I wonder what that cake tastes like. <laughs> so knowing that all of those things are future fear possibilities that don't have to become realities. What are you going to do with that now? Like, how are you going to, how do you want to proceed with the rest of the experiment? I guess is the, is the question I'm asking. <clears throat> do you want to continue to lean in and be uncomfortable and eat that cake? Or do you need a break? 
I frankly don't know. I'm really unclear. I, I feel like I want to do the thing that's the most effective. <laughs> I'm also like, <clears throat> I don't, should I keep the cake? I don't know what I should do. When <laughs> I'm just like, I don't give a fuck. It's going in the trash. That one I don't, I don't want anymore. Right. Uh, I'm just like, this is just, oh, I mean, God, it was good in the moment. And now I look at it. I'm like, oh, gross. It was so fucking sweet. So there's a lot to unpack from this whole experience. And it's going to take you some time to do it, right? We're not, again, I said at the beginning, this is not like a magical, we're going to wrap this all up in a nice little neat fucking bow at the end of the hour. It's, it's a process that you have to keep reinforcing. And it's so stupid. This is so stupid. I'm going to say this though. Like I went on a bike ride today and I haven't been out in a week or two because I've had this stupid allergy thing and Layla's been starting school and it's just been chaotic. So I haven't gotten out on my regular bike rides. And I went out today and I remember before the bike, before the allergies in school, I was riding like two, three times a week and I was doing the same loop and I was going around this loop and there's all these prairie dogs on the loop and it's beautiful and they're cute and it's like, yay. And they like, sometimes they run across the road right in front of you trying to kill you. And it's, it's very fun. Right. But there's one nest on this corner on the inside of the corner. And it's like right on the edge of the road. And I have almost wrecked, like, I don't even know how many times around the same corner because I forget that that goddamn hole is there. And today I've been riding that loop now for three months. Okay. Like two, three times a week for three months. That's a lot of times of almost killing myself on that same hole. Okay. Today was the first day I remembered where the hole was and I didn't ride into it. And it was a really big moment because I'm always telling you about the five chapters right? Of, you know, change and how you keep falling in the same hole until you're pissed off enough at yourself that you just don't anymore. Like that's what you're doing here. Okay. So the expectation is going to hit that hole once and never do it again. That's not how your brain works. It's not how change works. It takes repetition. Well, what do you mean by pissed off at yourself? Because like, I'm already pretty good at the shame stuff and the guilt stuff. What do you mean pissed off? That also sounds really negative. Like it's in the vein of shame and guilt. Well, but it's, you can be frustrated about something without deciding you're a terrible person, right? I can be like, oh my God, I hit that again, dude. Okay, next time I can make a plan. I don't have to turn it into, I'm such a loser. Why do I keep hitting that same hole? Oh my God, what's mm. it gonna take for me to not hit that hole anymore, you dumb, complete waste of flesh like what the fuck do you hear the difference in narrative yeah well yeah oh Oh, i made the same mistake or like you're learning an instrument you play the same song 50 times and you can't get the one note right you go and then you try again it's not that there are no negative emotions and this is this goes back to that movie the inside out right you need those negative emotions but you need to keep them in a place where they're serving you well you don't want them running the show and telling you you're a terrible person. Oh, that's good. Then there's no space for yes. anything else, right? If they're running the show oh. and all you ever get is the negative feedback and the sadness and you don't keep that in its place and use it productively, then it's not helping you, right? It's creating what you've got going on. And this is where the demonizing the food happens, right? It's, it becomes this fear video in your head of like, this is what you're going to do. This is how you're going to react because you can't control yourself. You're just out of control. God, you're so out of control. (laughs) It's almost like 
<laughs> I laugh because I keep myself on such a fucking tight leash with a lot of things that I'm like, if you fuck up once, look, you're going to show that's, that's, you can't trust yourself anymore. You fuck up once you're done. You're done. All your control is taken away. You're no longer in charge of things. You're done. That's how I feel. I feel like I'm a control junkie. Yeah. Which is why this is also scary for you. Yeah. And I feel really controlled again. After like that one slice of the berry chantilly cake, I was like, yes. Okay, I did my experiment and I'm like, see one slice. But then you're like, you want more? And I was like, I really kind of do. <laughs> but it's so wrong. So it's what would happen if I keep, so I'm planning on keeping the berry chantilly cake. Now what do I do to move forward if I wanted to lean in? Just, I mean. Repeat it tomorrow. Repeat it tomorrow. Okay. Do it again. I mean, like I said, I told, I said about the stupid um, waffles. I didn't really want to buy the next one. I did it because it was part of the experiment because it's, it's not, you're not not avoiding the hole. No, wait, that was too many negatives. You're not hitting, dude. Okay. I need a sec to formulate that one. Jesus, please cut that. Fuck. No, everything stirs. <laughs> um, I told you how I'm so nauseous and now I'm like looking at this cake. I'm like, yes. that looks like a good, that looks like a good bit right there. I could just pick off even though I'm nauseous. Do it. Yeah. Ooh, love it. Um, the equivalent of not repeating the experiment is never riding that course again with the hole, right? Because it's like a completely I could avoid the hole by never ever riding that route again, but I'm not fixing the problem. So remember in our original analogy about um I think it was about avoiding the, like the sinkhole or something. There's a big giant sinkhole like in the road. And then it's like one day you'll wake up and just like take another route. Yeah. So, but this analogy, cause like I have to have this really solid in my head. <laughs> um, so maybe you just learn how to jump the hole. Maybe you just learn how to jump the hole. Maybe you just learn how to jump the fucking hole. And just be all like, guess what? This is a great chance for me to work on my jumping skills. That's a great solution, right? And and what'll probably happen is I'll get really fed up with that route and I'll go somewhere else. But while I'm still riding on that route, I can go around the hole because now I remember it's there. Like I've made the mistake enough times now to remember. And I, I remember having this conversation with one of my um my soccer girls, and it was she was, she had so much raw talent and so little confidence and she kept making, she kept making the same mistake over and over. And at the end of every practice or every game that we had or drill, I would call her over and I'd be like, okay, remember, this is the foot you want to turn out. This is the foot you're kicking with. Here's how we're doing this, right? Like, this is what we're doing. And she just like, at one point, cause I, I was just reinforcing it. I wasn't in any way telling her like, Hey, stop making that mistake. You loser. I was just like, okay. This is the thing. I just kept reinforcing the thing and she just burst into tears. <clears throat> and I said, okay, you're frustrated because you keep repeating the same mistake, right? But like at some point you won't, right? You're just going to keep making that same mistake until you don't anymore. And it was, I think it was a couple of days after that, the very first time she didn't make that mistake happened and she realized it and they scored a goal because she was so excited about realizing the fact that she corrected 
the misstep that she was taking. She was trying to kick with her left foot because I had her at um, <clears throat> left fullback and she was typically a right fullback and I was trying to get her to use her left foot more. It's uncomfortable. Your left foot's not as good as your right foot when you've been playing for a while. And so she kept lining up to kick with her right and shooting the ball the wrong way. And so the time that she didn't, and she got the ball down the line, it came, it pinged right back and went in the middle, but she was like, Oh, I did it. And so she missed the moment because she was busy celebrating and they scored a goal <laughs> and the team yelled at her. And I was like, no, I remember like squashing the team. I was like, no, nobody yells at her right now. She did exactly what she really needed to do. I don't care what the consequences because now she's going to remember how to kick with yeah. that on the side. And that's sort of like, that's what you're generating because you, you need that practice time. You need to give yeah. that grace to make the mistakes, to not be perfect and to be out of control a little bit so that you can improve yourself. You cannot improve if you're always doing things right. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I guess that's, I guess, like, it just, like, hit me, like, a ton of bricks, like, oh, because in my head, I'm, like, no, I need to do everything right, because that way, everything's fine, and I'm fine, everything's fine, and bad things won't happen to me in my world anymore. Right, it's safety, right, it's, and this is the, this is the push and pull of it, growth really where, no, growth really is where the discomfort is, and it's uncomfortable, because you're likely to make mistakes. And then you're going to have to deal with the mistakes that you made. That's where you are doing things intentionally, doing things intentionally instead of, I don't know, instead of like what, what I have been doing, which has been like, oh, it's Friday and it's like the weekend. So now I should try to enjoy my life, you know, um, and let me make the most of it. Because yeah. the thing that I want you to, like the thing that this experiment is trying to teach you is that there is an amount of cake that satisfies you. There is. And it's there's an amount of cake that makes me really nauseous. <laughs> there's not <laughs> an undefined amount of cake. There's not like an infinite quantity of cake you're going to consume. And that's yeah. where the power of the cake lies right now is that you don't think you'll stop. You don't yeah. ever stop eating that cake, but you've already proved yourself wrong once. Say so you stopped. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what I'm like. I can't even formulate words. It's, just a, it's a lot. It's a lot, it a lot of stuff. And it's a lot of, there has been, God, this fucking wedding. <laughs> it has been, yeah. It has been like my, my, my desire to implement my eating disorders has been so strong, which is then really, I swear to God, caused more binging. I started doing this thing that I thought I had gotten away from, but when Andrew now walks up behind me in the kitchen, if I'm preparing my food, even if it's like, I mean, obviously I'm moralizing my food, but like the other day I was like making a salad with grilled chicken and I felt so angry. I was like, don't you fucking look at my food. Don't you fucking look at me eat. Ah. And I was so, and I hadn't felt like that really in a while, especially not if I'm having quote unquote nutritiously dense foods that I can feel proud of eating. Um, even then I was like, don't fucking look at me eat. I know like I, I, I just follow these like really um uh, fucked up things in my head about myself like just like I shouldn't be eating should I I shouldn't be eating you know like 
I'm, I'm trying to lose weight. Eating is for people who are already thin. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. And it, it, um, that, oh. that reared its ugly head. And I was like, I thought I was over that. No, you're, this is what I'm saying. Like you will never be over it. I'm sitting here years down the road telling you exactly what you're saying in your head because this is the pattern and it's, it will always be in there. Once it's in there, it's in there. It's, and I'm not saying that like to sound desperate or sad or like fatalistic, but yeah. it doesn't have to control you is the point. You can't, it's all, I still have that narrative is all in there. That's how I know what it is that's going on is because I did that too. But you don't have to keep listening. You can create a second voice. You can create another voice in there that says, yeah, yeah, whatever. I don't need to listen. I really love that. I think that's so important because part of me was like, this will make my problems go away and they'll just go away. And even though I'm like, no, that's not true. And you've said very clearly, no, that's not true. (laughs) In my head, I'm like, no, once I eat cake, like with our experiment, I will be done with cake and it has no more power over me. And I never have to think about it again, but it's going back to the labyrinth. The labyrinth is still there, but you're not in the labyrinth or you're on the outside. You sometimes see it. You know, David Bowie visits you as an owl sometimes, but it's okay. (laughs) That's awesome. You can't unhave an experience, right? You can't unhave it. Well, I mean, I'm sure with enough shock therapy. Probably, maybe, right? That's fucked up. That's so fucked up. But like, this is part of you. So it does not... It does not have to control me. It, I, no. I create my narrative. I just want to drill that home for myself because that really, all of a sudden it kind of clicked more for me. I was like, oh, so it'll always be there, but it doesn't fucking control me. It doesn't say like, guess what? Cake is just like in control of me. <laughs> so, one of my, so a bunch of my favorite people are getting married this year, actually, because you're getting married and my friend slash client Armando is getting married in a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I texted him the other day and I said, okay, so how fancy are we getting for this wedding? Because I already had a, an outfit picked out that I felt comfortable in. And he texted me back. He's like, fancy, fancy. And he texted me in like this picture of this like tuxedo and it's got like a sparkly bow tie. And I was like, oh shit. I don't have a dress for that. And so I start dress shopping and I got super triggered because I'm, you know, I've said it a number of times, but I'll say it one more time. I've had two surgeries in the last two years. I have fundamentally been like restricted from exercising and lifting for almost two years. And I've been homeschooling my kid. No one would say I'm at the peak of my fitness currently. Right. And I know this and I have to work on it every day with myself because there are very good reasons that I'm where I am. And I've done the things that need to be done to keep me healthy long term, but they've had short term consequences. And so I'm not the same size I was. And I used to really enjoy dress shopping when I was a smaller size. And I thought, yay. And then I had to dress shop online where I can't actually even try anything on. So I'm guessing. And I was in a complete shame spiral by about 3.30 yesterday afternoon. And I had to sit myself down and be like, look, yes, you are not the same size you used to be. Armando is not inviting you to his wedding because he gives a shit what dress size you're wearing. He's inviting you because he wants to see you. 
And that is why you are going. And if you don't find a better dress than the one that you have, then that's okay. Because going is the important thing. It doesn't matter. And you're almost 43 for for fuck's sake. You can't look 22. You can't. So don't try to dress like a 22 year old either. Cause that was true. And I think this is a thing that women don't often talk about is they age is dressing yourself for um, like formal occasions becomes a really big minefield because you're not 20 anymore. And you can't just show up in the like 20 year old dress. You're supposed to try to show up in like an appropriate dress for a wedding. Well, you could also show up in the dress that makes you happy. Right that is still like appropriate to the venue out of respect for the people who are and that's wedding. What gets very tricky. And so there's lots of triggers there. And so you're talking about your wedding and all the things that are triggering you because there's all these external expectations coming in that are challenging the work that you're doing on yourself right now. Oh, and yeah. it's the same, I mean, and this, I'm sharing this with you because I'm saying like, it doesn't ever completely go away and there will always be a situation or two situations where some old shit pops up but you have tools in place to deal with it so did I have an hour of being sad yeah my kid came downstairs she's like oh well you look really upset and I was like I'm sad and I just <laughs> said it with her. disgust like ew mom you're crying I mean, ew and I said well I'm sad and she said why I said well I've been dress shopping online and she goes mom you're beautiful. Whatever you wear will be fine. And I was like, that's lovely. Thank you. However, that's not how I feel right now. And she was like, well, let's look at dresses together. And I said, okay. And she said, mom, these dresses are all ugly. Nobody would look good in these. That's what she said. (laughs) She's She's like, you're looking on the wrong website. She's such a a tourist. Just so nice (laughs) and honest. Which I need though. That's for me, that's super useful in those situations. (laughs) Because if yeah. she wasn't saying that to try to make me feel better, those were her real feelings about the dresses I was looking at. And then it helped me put it into perspective of like, oh yeah, maybe I just haven't found the right website to be looking on. This isn't about me. It's not me, right? I can I can now take this, this other path in my head. And then I wasn't sad anymore, really. I mean, I'm still sad because I really hate having to find a dress on short notice. And it's my fault. Yeah. I waited this long. But the point is like... I have tools now for when those moments happen, they don't not happen. They just resolve quicker and they have less of an impact. That is so, that is so real. That is so, that is so different than this can solve all of your problems and three months you'll get this blah, 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 blah. That's so much. It's so nice to hear. They're not going away. They'll just get, it'll just get better. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's then it, there is a there is some amount of grief with yeah. change, right? You you have yes. to mourn the person that you were or the the thing that you're leaving behind. That's part of it. And if you fail to do that, ooh, that shit just resurfaces in all sorts of sneaky ass ways. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not a therapist, and all I know is my own personal experience and the things that I've been taught through the certifications that I've done. But I can say for sure that all of my clients, to some degree, experience the same thing. And it's really, really human, this process. This is the process of being human, I think. Because, you know, we live, we have experiences that change us and mark us, and we have to learn how to move through those. And we can use all kinds of tools to do that. 
And we have to just keep picking tools up till we find the, find the ones that work for us. They're not all going to work for us. Some people can just sing their fucking feelings out and they feel better. I do that sometimes and it does feel good. Yeah. So, and then I feel guilt because I have, live in an apartment. I, well, I would say my personal opinion, but anybody who listens to you sing is happy about it. So, oh, that's really sweet. Voice. But thank you. Okay. So, there's still going to be shame no matter what we talk about today. You're still going to have a moment later today where you want more cake. And you get to decide if you want to continue the experiment and eat more cake. Because the, the follow-up of the experiment is like, how much cake can you actually eat in a day? <laughs> That's the question. How much? I know. I feel like I could do another. I feel like later on, because I'm going to go on a hike in the rain, apparently. Um, and I feel like probably after dinner, I'll probably, and I'm going to fucking eat dinner. Because part of me is like, well, that was your dinner. That no. cake was your dinner. I mean, that's that's old. That's old. Uh, disordered things rearing its head. But um, I think I'll probably want one. Yeah, after dinner, like I'll want like a sliver, or maybe I won't. Maybe I'll really, you know, I feel like I'm gonna really want some tomorrow. Okay. Morning. Yeah. Fine. Cake for breakfast. I mean, it's cake so. I mean, is actually good. part of our traditions. So the day after oh, yeah? in our family is pie for breakfast. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, fucking morning pie. Morning pie is that sounded pie. dirty for some reason. And the day, <laughs> ew. And the day <laughs> after your birthday is cake for breakfast as well. Those are the rules in the house. Because why are things better party. the day after? I swear to God, I like I like things better the day after they were made. Well, made no, not cookies. Not no, cookies are a same day thing. But I think <laughs> I think this is the first step of many that you're taking towards re- regulating your emotions when it comes to your food decisions. And so as long as you go into this with the expectation that this is the beginning and not the end, then we're all good. Okay. Okay. Ah, so scary. So fucking scary. Cause every single day it's been like, before it was like four months to your wedding, you have four months. And now it's like, I'm about to, I feel like I'm about to just like mentally calculate. Do you still have three months? Three months is a long time to change. Everyone says you can change everything in three months. <laughs> so I feel, I'll, to be honest, I just have to be honest. Like there was part of me like, yes, take blowouts. So then I can really buckle down, lose weight for my wedding. To be honest, actually, that's like where I'm at. I actually thought after I did that dress shopping, I had a shower later that evening. And I was in the shower thinking, okay, it's two and a half weeks. How much weight could I lose? I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, I literally said that to myself. I was like, oh, stop it. No, you know how to do that. You absolutely know how to lose a bunch of weight. Are you going to do that? No. <clears throat> you'll start it and then you'll be frustrated and then you'll be grumpy and then you will be mad because you're grumpy all the time and then you won't have a nice time. I will hate my life and everyone will hate being around me because I've been there. (laughs) And that's your second voice, right? So the first voice was like, and I, like I said, I still have it. Had a bad hour of shopping. I went upstairs. I'm in the shower, having a nice relaxing shower. And my brain was like, you could lose 15 pounds in two weeks. That's really all you have to lose. You could do it. If you weren't, that seems dangerous. You could oh yeah 
I love to call myself a pussy too. Isn't that weird? It's like such bro language. Yeah. <laughs> so like that was in there. It was still in there. And I was like, oh no. Like, no. I often think about what kind of narrative am I giving my daughter with mm-hmm. my behavior? Just remember, like, it's the same thing I said about my friend's wedding, right? Like, he wants me at the wedding. He doesn't care what size my dress is. And Andrew wants to marry you, not your dress size. Yeah. He's marrying you. Yeah. Fuck weddings. I'll just say it. To end on a really beautiful, a beautiful sentimental note. Fuck weddings and the horse they rode in on. That's how I feel. Like I'm like, these are so disruptive to lives. And I feel like really unhealthfully so. Unhealthfully disruptive to people's lives. And it does become that way. Yeah, I guess they weren't always that way. I'm going to put my cake in the fridge because I want to make sure it doesn't go bad. Yeah. I hope it's not been out for too long. You're, you know, pastry. It's been out for like two hours. Is it okay? It's fine. There's enough sugar and cake that it's like literally nothing bad can happen to it. So fucking good. I'm like holding this cake, like you precious, beautiful cake. It tasted like real cream and it had like fruit in it. And I was like, yes, it tastes like, like a summer's day. (laughs) It just, it made me very happy. I was part of the, recollecting from that hour ago with the other cake I'm just like like ew plastic it was good at the time well and that's the thing to remember right is like you can make these choices beforehand to skew the the treats that you do eat oh hi Roka skew the treats that you do eat oh look at that belly You can make the choices in advance to set the stage for success with the treats that you do want to eat and you will enjoy them more, right? But if at some point you're at somebody's birthday party, hi cutie, you're at somebody's (laughs) birthday party and there's like a shitty Costco cake and you have some, the world doesn't end. No. Right? So, you know, there's, there's room within all of this stuff to create opportunities for structure. That's positive for you positive structure not hateful negative structure yeah oh wow positive structure yes Roka's trying to murder me Roka you were snoring sounds like she feels like she's snoring but she's awake (laughs) god this was a this was good this was a fucking good episode well I hope it helps you I hope it helps somebody else who's listening. And, you know, this is the kind of thing that it's not a one size fits all. Like if you're thinking this sounds like an interesting experiment to do, but cake isn't your poison of choice. You can do this with something else too. Yeah. Like um, quesadillas. I feel like those are also really delicious and hard to stop eating. Mm -hmm. Or just pieces of bread that have been microwaved and put butter on them. Bread is, I don't know. Bread is pretty amazing. I mean. Uh, yes. All right. All right. Well, on that note, thanks for tuning in. I hope this was useful. And 
if you've got comments or questions or you think what we did was completely stupid and you want to troll us, leave it in the comments. Yeah, it's just good for the algorithm, frankly. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. And I hope that today's episode made you think a little bit about how you could apply some of what we're talking about to yourself and your behaviors and let us know if you find any of it meaningful. Make sure to tune in for the next episode where we will continue to have somewhat circular conversations that may be helpful. They will be. They will be helpful. (laughs) It's what you take away from them. Wow. The more you know. Thank you.